It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider a list of legislative priorities to submit to the Alaska Legislature. The list of priorities was prepared for assembly approval by City Administrator John Leach. Most of them relate to the city's infrastructure and big long-term projects, like funding for the rehabilitation of Green Lake Hydro Plant and improvements at the Rocky Gutierrez Airport Terminal. Some are related to school funding, asking for the state to continue reimbursing a percentage of school bond debt. On second reading, the Assembly will consider $30,000 in supplemental appropriations for costs associated with the potential sale of the Sitka Community Hospital building. The Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium currently leases the building from the city, but has expressed interest in purchasing it. The Assembly has signaled interest in selling and will likely put the property out to competitive bid in the coming months. The $30,000 would go toward drafting a request for proposals and building inspections. The Assembly will also consider funding repairs to the city's bulk water line at the Gary Paxton Industrial Park. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Four new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka last week, keeping the community at a moderate risk level, according to city data. The cases were reported between January 31st and February 7th. Three of the new patients are men in their 20s. The fourth is in his 70s. All of the men are Sitka residents. Two of the cases are tied to travel and one to community spread. More information about the fourth case is still pending on the city's COVID dashboard. Several of the patients were not experiencing symptoms when they received testing last week. To date, 318 coronavirus cases have been reported in Sitka. As of Monday evening, six of those cases were still considered active, according to city data. Six months after Sitka police detective Mary Ferguson settled her half-million-dollar sexual harassment suit with the city, she's delivered on her promise to conduct an outside investigation into the department. But even though the investigation was ordered in her settlement and was led by a retired judge, Ferguson is worried that it won't bring about needed change in Sitka's police culture. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The report was issued mid-January by Judge Eric Smith. Smith is a retired Superior Court judge from Palmer. After Mary Ferguson settled her harassment and discrimination suit with the Sitka Police Department last August, she hired Smith to conduct the investigation independently. Judge Smith spent several months looking into the SPD, reviewing old depositions and interviewing current and former employees, not with the goal of rehashing Ferguson's case and two other lawsuits brought around the same time, but to figure out how the current department can improve. My goal in this whole thing from the beginning was to identify what, if any, recommendations I had to improve the operations of the department to make what I found to be a very effective department more effective. In the report, Smith highlights big changes under the new administration. He says that Chief Robert Beatty has improved a department that was previously plagued by infighting and turnover. He has hired a mix of new people and very experienced people. He's been flexible in the ways in which he hires people so that he can try to ensure that um, he retains people and he doesn't get a lot of turnover. And he's put a clear focus on diversity in the workplace. Smith found no clear violations of city and state laws under Beatty's tenure and found no evidence that overt racism, sexual harassment, or gender discrimination plague the current department. But he also addresses some concerns. 
He says that there's some perception that sworn officers receive preferential treatment over jailers and dispatchers. Smith also described some of Beatty's actions that may or may not have been retaliatory toward Ferguson and former Detective Ryan Silva, who settled his whistleblower suit with the city in 2019. There were certain actions he took with respect to two of the people that at least gave the appearance that he was perhaps retaliating against them in some fashion. I don't think that there was a clear intent. I do think there are people who think that they were meant to be retaliatory. Certainly some of the people I interviewed felt that way. And the fact that they did, I think, is an important thing to keep in mind. Ryan Silva says whether retaliation on the part of Chief Beatty was intentional or not, it's still concerning. For for somebody like Judge Smith to, to point that out and even use those words, I think, from you know, for, for somebody acting in such a capacity as the chief of police, you know, I think is uh, is very, very troubling. People in that position or in those high up uh, positions that can pretty much can have the power to, you know, to affect people's lives. Judge Smith sent the report to Mary Ferguson and the assembly in late January. Now that she's read it, Ferguson says she's mostly satisfied. She's glad the judge turned over a lot of stones. This is a very thorough investigation. It's an unbiased investigation, um, and, you know, it's it's one that took six months, and he talked to, I don't know, about 60 people. And so I would think that this is something that would be of importance to the city of Sitka. In the report, Judge Smith recommends that SPD staff attend a professionally mediated retreat. And while he didn't find evidence of racism, harassment, or gender discrimination in the current department, he believes SPD should highly prioritize training in these areas, along with whistleblowers' rights trainings. Ferguson isn't fully satisfied with these recommendations. The recommendations for the civil police department, you know, like a retreat, uh, I, I don't know, that's just kind of hard for me to... I feel like that that is something that they're just going to check off the box. I think there should be some harsher um, accountability. Ultimately, though, Ferguson says that's on the city. There's some people who didn't talk to him. There were some people who wouldn't talk to him. It's up to the city to, to implement anything. It's up to the city to hold people accountable. It's up to the city to be transparent. It's not up to this private investigator. City and Borough of Sitka Administrator John Leach declined KCAW's request for an interview. In an email to KCAW, Leach writes that Ferguson's settlement stipulated that CBS had no duty, quote, except not to interfere with any CBS employee speaking with the investigator. Leach writes that he and Chief Beatty cooperated with Judge Smith throughout the investigation and encouraged SPD staff to do so. He says he studied the report and its recommendations and will give it due consideration and has discussed it in detail with Chief Beatty. Ferguson hopes the city will use Judge Smith's investigation as a guide for further action, and she says it isn't the end of the line in her push for change at the Sitka Police Department. I'm not done here, you know. My journey continues, too stubborn to let anything go. So I'm going to continue to push for change. I'm going to continue to push for accountability. And if I have to keep going up the the state chain, then I'm going to. And if that chain leads to further litigation, Ferguson says she'll consider going there as well. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The entire southeast Alaska panhandle will experience very cold temperatures this week with wind chill warnings issued for Upper Lynn Canal. The last time Juno hit zero was back in 2014. However, the last time we actually got below zero was back in the winter of 2009. 
Cody Moore, meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Juneau, says temperatures will rain from zero degrees to five below in Haines, Skagway, Gustavus, and Juneau. The coldest areas in Juneau will be in the Mendenhall Valley near Mendenhall Glacier. Cold air likes to pool in valleys during the nighttime, so and then having the glacier just exacerbates that. So that's why we get 10 to 15 degrees colder than the airport, which is only a few miles away. Temperatures at the Juneau Airport are also moderated by water in Gastineau Channel. All other communities in southeast, from Yakutat to Metlakatla and everywhere else in between, will experience temperatures down to the low teens and single digits. It's going to last through the week. Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be the coldest days. Then we have a slight moderating trend through the weekend. However, temperatures are still expected to remain below freezing. Winds will be gusting in White Pass north of Skagway, prompting wind chills as low as 60 below. Wind chills in downtown Juneau will be as low as 40 below. Bundle up, dress well, and then if you have to be outside, just make sure you're taking the necessary precautions for dealing with this cold weather. Just uh, know that in as little as 30 minutes that frostbite can occur, especially when wind chills are as low as negative 25. Moore says a high-pressure system over northwest Canada is forcing cold air to flow toward a low-pressure system in the Gulf of Alaska. He also says the colder and drier conditions may be helped by a cool La Nina ocean pattern now underway in the Pacific Ocean. Taking a look at the community calendar. The deadline to enter Sitka Local Food Network's fourth annual Sitka Food Business Innovation Contest is 5 p.m. Friday, March 5th. Two $1,500 kicker prizes, one for established food businesses and one for startup businesses no older than two years, will be awarded. The entry fee is $25. You can find more information on their website, sitkalocalfoodsnetwork.org. The deadline to register for Sitka Kitch's Low Main Cooking Class by Nalani James is 11.30 p.m. today, Tuesday, February 9th. The class is 5.30 p.m. on Friday, February 12th via Zoom. The cost is $20 per household and $10 each per Sitka Food Co-op member. Space is limited. To register, go to sitkakitch.eventsmart.com. To pay with cash or check or for scholarship information, call Chandler O'Connell or Clarice Johnson at 747-7509. For more information on the class, contact Jasmine Shaw at 747-9440. Sitka Parks and Recreation Committee meets at noon today at Harrigan Centennial Hall and via Zoom. Contact Melissa Henshaw for more information at 747-1826. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.